Hello, and welcome back to CBON Air's Partners in Focus series. I am Rachel King, Associate Editor for Central Banking. New financial regulations come in almost every day, but as the immediate impact of COVID-19 subsides, the likelihood of regulatory volumes increasing is inevitable. Here to delve into how central banks should be approaching their regulatory data management strategies is Ryan Flood, who is Chief Technology Officer at Visor Software at Recnology. Thank you for joining me today, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So the concept of data management is, is not new, but recently it seemed to have gained much more traction amongst the community. And, and there's now an expectation for central banks to be masters of data with these robust frameworks in place covering everything from data collection and aggregation to data governance. So to set the scene, could you walk us through what a, what a typical data life cycle for a central bank looks like? Sure. Um, well, I suppose first of all, regulatory data management, the topic of today is just that. It's the data life cycle, both metadata, you know, your data definitions and your data values. But it's also importantly how you manage all of that. So regulatory data management, you know, looking at it another way, is essentially the field of designing, developing, publishing and implementing regulatory data collections. Everything from the processes, standards, best practices, governance, skills, resourcing, and of course, the technology. And that life cycle starts right at the start of data, data collection conceptualization, you know, be it instantiated by some changes in legislation or some other factor that might trigger a new or an updated data collection, say COVID, for example. So, it involves designing, you know, the data dictionaries, your data models, forms, rules, etc. Uh, the building of those data collections, consultation with internal and external stakeholders, publishing those specifications and rollout of those uh, same artifacts. And of course, naturally collecting and analyzing the data. So whereas regulators are traditionally more mature in the latter stages of that process, I mean more mature at collecting the data and analyzing it, they're typically less mature when it comes to the design, build and consultation of those uh, and publishing rather um, mm. of those data collections. And so that's why we now focus on not just delivering a system, but helping our clients build out this capability within their organization using our tooling and our standards, best practices, governance, and so on to help them um, add that capability within their arsenal. Mm -hmm. Now, over time, obviously these, these broad ranging frameworks have evolved and you mentioned data models within your, your list of elements there. And I guess the amount of data and the types of data that central banks are collecting has changed. So in the current data models that are being used, are there, are there any obvious weaknesses that perhaps need to change? Um, absolutely. Um, and to put this in context, uh, I suppose, maybe to, to understand why regulatory data management is important. Well, simply to say that good regulatory data management leads to better regulatory data outcomes. You know, for example, better understanding of reporting requirements. And conversely, poor regulatory data management leads to poor regulatory uh, outcomes, such as increased burden on financial institutions and lack of flexibility with the data. So 
a very large part of regulatory data management is around data modeling. And we have, you know, certainly seen our fair share at you know, advisor and, and, and regnology um, of good and bad data models over the years when going to deliver a new system and assessing maybe some legacy data models that clients might have. And indeed, often poor data models are the root cause of when a regulator goes out looking for a new system or a new solution. So current models of today tend to be more granular as this gives you not only greater flexibility with the data, but it also enables greater understanding or adoption, you know, as essentially the models are closer to what the, the source data is at financial institutions. Mm. The, the expertise really comes in in determining how granular to go. You know, not a lot of people realize this when speaking about granular data, but going granular is a scale. So traditionally data was collected obviously at an aggregated level, but those levels are generally aggregated many times. Um, so going granular is really determining how many levels of ag aggregation you wish to remove from your data. You know, for example, if you collected data aggregated by country, um, you might wish to disaggregate it to a provincial level or a town level or to the root of that dimension itself, removing it altogether. There are many factors to consider um, alongside that, such as the level of analysis a regulator wishes to do, um, you know, in determining how granular to go. So both now, you know, what type of analysis do you want to do now and what potentially what in the future? You know, do you care about going to a provincial level? Will you ever care about that? And the dimensions it is aggregated by, you know, some you'll want to disaggregate, some you won't. Um, and the load. I would say is another uh, factor here. So what kind of load is that level of granularity going to uh, incur? And what effect does that have on ease of adoption? So in summary, you know, the, the weaknesses in current data models um, can be, you know, not getting the granularity level right. But another common weakness or issue with data models can be you know, mixing calculations in with your data model. You know, a good data model describes the data you want to collect and doesn't also require calculations to be interpreted or even reported, that's just noise. So in totality here, any weaknesses really stem from deviating from best practices or standards. And that's just an example of two that we tend to see in the area of granular data. Now, arguably, the pandemic may provide central banks with an opportunity to rethink their, their data models because the need for timely and as you say granular data has been heightened because they need to know what's happening in the economy sort of again down to this disaggregated level so how can they ensure that moving forward their models allow them to analyze this data more effectively. How would how would you advise them to go about designing a new operating model for data management? Sure. Um, well, in terms of the operating model, I suppose it's it's like any good change management program that you might implement in any organization. In in this case, it's just the subject matter is regulatory data management. But um, you know any good change management program, you know, you you assess the as is, design the to be and plan and execute. And it's that process that 
you know, that we've actually stuck to uh, now when implementing regulatory data management with regulators. Um, so, you know, we bring in our methodology and our materials and we essentially create a regulatory center of excellence uh, within, a, within a regulatory body. And that's really what's necessary uh, to be successful. And the pillars of that are, I mean, I mentioned a few of these earlier, you know, you, you've got to have a, a vision and mandate. That's one pillar, you know, governance, skills, training and resourcing, you know, defined processes, data standards and best practices, a community maybe of peer regulators or industry for consultation, and of course the technology. And once all of that's in place, uh, the regulator is now highly enabled to succeed with regulatory data management. Um, if we take a recent example at APRA, the uh, Prudential Regulator in Australia, where we implemented our solution there and rolled out regulatory data management, um, the solution that was put in, in place there um, was, re was replacing a legacy system, D2A. And it was a complete transformation from a regulatory data management perspective. APRA now have massive data flexibility and a very high level of posit positivity is coming from the industry in light of these changes. They've gone more granular with their data collections and they can update more easily, more frequently. Their published specifications are much cle clearer, easier to adopt, easier to understand. They're also machine readable. And it's a very inclusive process in creating these data collections as well. They include the industry. For example, um, you know, not only did the industry review and give feedback on those specifications as they're being designed, but they have a test system for financial institutions, but also reg tech vendors to test these data collections um, before they're finalized. And these are the kind of things you don't always see in every jurisdiction. Um, and they're also, I suppose they're going a step further again, they're also automating the data collection channel uh, by bringing in APIs so you can actually um, fully automate the data collection process from financial institution to the regulator. So I mean the change from the old system um, to the new as regards data management is really worlds apart and I have to say they've done a great job there. So I'm glad you, you've sort of given us an example here because you, you obviously can see the benefits that are that are being reaped. Um, but I guess I guess some central banks may argue that switching to a granular data pathway in the short term is going to throw up significant costs and challenges versus the benefits in the long term. So how should they go about approaching that switch and sort of seeing through those initial costs? Sure. Um, well, I suppose, you know, it's not something you should change overnight, first and foremost. So um, in terms of an approach, a sensible approach to rolling out granular data is to introduce it in phases. So not just sensible from a cost perspective, but also considering ease of adoption and the impact that you know change has on the industry. So don't look to change every data collection or industry in one go. As you naturally require changes to data collections, consider then going more granular. Again, to draw on APRA as an example, um, they've replaced some legacy data collections with a new granular one, for example. So it might be several data collections, legacy ones becoming one new granular collection, or it might be one for one. 
um, and they are focusing on the ones that require change any, anyway as the ones you know that they're tackling first and scheduling the phasing in of granular data over a number of years across all industries. So, you know, for example, before we implemented our solution at APRA, they had just gone live with in their old system with a new data collection for uh, economics and financial statistics. And as that is so new, it will potentially be one of the last ones to adopt the transition to granular data as it will be quite a burden put on the industry to change that one so soon. So, you know, it's a phase migration for them as it, you know, um, going from aggregated data to more, more granular models. And I would say I'd finish up on that point by saying another tool in the approach to designing granular uh, data collections is to look at other models from other jurisdictions as a guide to how you might model your granular data collections. You know, why reinvent the wheel? It's already common practice for other jurisdictions to look, um, you know, to take existing returns uh, from other jurisdictions and extend them for their local jurisdiction, and it can really speed things up. I think we'll have to keep a close eye on on the natural progression that the central banks make. But I just wanted to quickly turn to an issue that you mentioned um, earlier on, and that's sort of around capacity building and, and skill set, because as central banks ask for and, and collect more data sets, the need for, I guess, bespoke data management skills is also heightened. And then and there's a risk if they do not invest in their people that they get left behind. So how important is it for central banks to invest not only in, in the technology and the processes, but also the people involved in their data management strategy? I would say that that's key, absolutely key. But I think firstly, um, central banks have been really struggling from a resourcing perspective for a number of years now, you know, looking more broadly here. And I think this is in a reaction to the era that we live in, where, you know, regulators are essentially facing more regulatory change more frequently than ever before um, in their existence. In fact, a tenfold increase in regulatory change and frequency globally over the past decade. And the initial response of many central banks and regulators to this accelerated rate of change in regulatory reporting requirements has been to throw more resources at the problem. I mean, many regulators have doubled or tripled their headcount in the past decade. So firstly, I think central banks need to look at technology and solutions to help with these challenges and approaches like granular data and more automation and of course, better data management to ease the resourcing burden first, first and foremost. And in terms of, um, you know, regulatory data management again, having a modern approach to that enables regulators to focus more of their resources, time and attention on actual supervisory activities. For example, good data models mean you won't be, you know, supervisors, for example, won't be spending their time sifting through data to scrub it, um, but instead they're going straight to the analysis. And, you know, many resourcing benefits such as an easing of, you know, reporting burden on the FIs will also naturally uh, come to the fore as well with good data management. And so to achieve this, 
regulators need to invest in their people. You know, to to your point, to your question, it's not the headcount, but it's more the skills and the structures and the governance that surrounds those those you know, you know key resources um, that I mentioned earlier. So investing in your regulatory data management teams and the stakeholders um, to get those good data management skills and consequently good outcomes. Well, hopefully we won't see a, a repeat of what happened after the financial crisis where regulators seem to proliferate the market with new um, requirements and as you said through through more and more at the problem and and hopefully we will see this sort of restructuring of teams and use of technology um, and data models becoming more of a core pillar for uh, regulatory data management but Ryan I wanted to thank you for for coming on air with us today and, and discussing this really important topic it's been so insightful thank you my pleasure thank you